Hi there, welcome to an episode of an Inside View podcast in association with On The Ball Team Building. I'm your host, Jamie Finn. If this is your first time listening, please do go back to episode one and have a listen. If you haven't done so already, please do click subscribe. There is a business or sports person in each of us and we hope that our guest stories will help our listeners to chase their dreams. Welcome to episode 4 of series 4 of an Inside View podcast with On The Ball Team Building. Special mention to Sport Endorse who have come on board as sponsors for this series. They're an online sports sponsorship platform that connects athletes with companies all around the world. The Irish-owned online marketplace has over 4,000 athletes on its platform to date. For more information, be sure to check out the link in the show notes. Also, a special mention to the Shire Baron Cafe, who are also on board supporting the podcast for this series. On this week's episode, we're delighted to be joined by founder and director of Benchwarmers, Neville O'Donoghue. The Yall native runs Ireland's largest GA social media account, at GA Crack. With over 7 million followers across all social media platforms, we get a fascinating insight into how Neville has grown the page since day one, the challenges and setbacks he's endured, and what's next for the future. We have a huge amount to cover, so let's bring him on. I'd also like to mention that this episode was recorded on the beautiful Dubai Marina, so I do apologise for any background noises. Hi Nev, uh, first of all, thanks for taking time out to come on the Inside View podcast, it's a long time in the making. Thanks Jamie, this feels a bit weird here talking to you, but cheers, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, very much kind of a unique and different setting that I normally do for podcasts, but uh, for such a big uh, person with a big following on, on social media, I thought we'd, we'd go all out for the, the big occasion. Thanks very much, I appreciate that. Man. So how's, uh, how's everything Nev, how, uh, how are you settling in and enjoying life over here in Dubai? Grand. I've been over here a few times on holidays. Uh, I was here three or four times on holidays. It's a great spot. Uh, but then I, I made, I decided I'd make the move here about nine months ago. I just got sick of, to be honest, rain and misery at home. Well, you won't say misery, but I just got, I just wanted to change the scenery. You know, I, I've, I've been living in, like I turned 35 there, Stevens's day, and I've been living at home since for 34 years of age. It's 34 years, and then I, like I've done a lot of travelling and stuff, and. Dubai just suits me like you know even like when I get up in the morning say if I get up at 9 o'clock here it's 5 o'clock at home so when I'm putting out my articles and my news I'm ahead of it already in the morning like you know so it's ideal and you're only a 7 hour flight from home then as well like you know exactly yeah if anything goes wrong you're not yeah. you're not too far away yeah. um, I suppose the one thing I like to delve into is because uh, you, you seem to have a love-hate relationship with Kerry why is that you know you're half a Kerry man but uh, I believe there's some uh, childhood trauma there is there well, I suppose a lot of Munster football final defeats, like, you know, but, um, no, the old fellow was a Kerry man, and uh, I suppose I'm only winding you up, really, to be honest, but I, I suppose I really got to you when we were inside McGettigan's, and I was kind of shouting for Galway rather than Kerry, but, uh, no, I got massive time for Kerry, it's just, uh, I know, sometimes it's driving me mad, like, because, like, I suppose, like... I'd be listening to Heedy Rays and they drive you demented, like, you know. But they're, in fairness, they're great politicians for Kerry and they do brilliant. So, but no, I, I love Kerry. Kerry's beautiful. But, like, uh, yeah, it's just that rivalry, I suppose, between Cork and Kerry, really, I suppose. You know? I'm going to throw a wobbler at you now. Go on. Will you ever think of going into politics yourself, seeing I've, I got to know you over the last couple of months and you, uh, 
You've, uh, you've a few interesting views. I do. I'd love to, to be honest with you, but I, like, even there, I suppose it would be unfair there in the Healy Rays. Like, you know, like you're the minute you go into politics, you're you're a punching bag. Like, you know, and with the with social media now, like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Like, I'd I'd love to go into it, but like sometimes to be fair to the politicians, politicians, sometimes they're right in what they in the decision in the decisions to make, but they still get hammered over it. Like, you know, so like, look, I've seen. I, I said running my website like unfortunately my job is to put out views and to stir the pot and like like that's grand if you're hiding behind a website but when you put a face to it you know you're you're putting yourself in the middle of it but yeah maybe someday like but it's it's you want to think long and hard about it like you know so. we're, we're putting your face out there now by going on this podcast so we'll, uh, right. you know you've done it before look let's moving on before we get, get, get into too much uh, you're an extremely busy person like how do you deal with managing all the pages you know in regards to we say time management and even switching off from it I just make it up as I go to be honest with you like I, I, I never get off the phone though to be honest like you know like even I was saying to you before we started doing this I see Lee Keegan retired from mm-hmm. playing with Mayo and like I'm lucky enough I, we also, I also own the biggest GA following GA crack so like like I have to have that up straight away now we're building a rugby audience with with my page Rugby Smacks and obviously bench warmers if anything happens with football so you never get off it but Look, if you need to take a break, you just take the break. And look, if Lee Keegan does retire and I don't get the article up, well, so be it, like, you know. But that's that's what I'm trying to... There's one other guy now we're after bringing them on board. So there's me and another guy basically run it full-time. I don't have a big staff, big office or anything. So, like, when I was off yesterday, uh, he was covering it, like, you know. Because so, you have to have downtime too, like, you know. You can't... Because like, unfortunately, it's the way it's gone now. Everyone's just in their phones the whole time. Mm-hmm. But when you see me and my phone... I'm actually in it because I'm, you know, I'm probably might be, like, I'm not just scrolling, I'm looking for stuff to put up, like, you know, but, yeah, I just, I, look, I just, I manage it as best I can, and if you need to take the time off, you take it off, like, you know. What would a normal day look like for you? Well, at the moment, I get up at, like, I get up at nine o'clock here, we'll say, right, so that's five o'clock at home, then I... Stretch, shower. <laughs> no, no, <none of> that, <laughs> I literally... Put the lab crop straight up on top of my chest. <laughs> oh yeah. Then I just scroll through Twitter like everyone in the morning. They look, they look, they look at their phones, look for what's happening in the in the news this morning, like you know. And uh, so I get up and I look through Twitter, I look on other different websites and whatever, and I try and make up stories that will suit my audience, like you know. And then uh, so I might do three or four articles in the morning. Then I might go to the gym or go down to the swimming pool, and then um, and then I then I come back then again after two hours and I might do another one or two articles like you know and then that's it really like you know I'm just always just keeping the thing ticking like you know mm. and but but even when I go to the gym thankfully like I'm, I am very lucky like I have the phone and you know and as I said I'm over in Dubai now I don't have to be in an office anymore you know so it's great and is that something you always wanted to be have you know the freedom to get out and about and not be stuck to a desk all the time well, like, uh, uh, yeah, I'm. It's probably great I'm, to be your own boss, but at the same time, yeah, you just, know, just pluses and minuses, yeah. like, you know, I'm a, like, I'm a typical cork fella and I'm a typical half a Kerry fella. I'm as stubborn as a mule, so like, if, <laughs> That's if definitely cork. Yeah, <laughs> but if I was, uh, if I was given, uh, yeah, sitting at a desk or an office, and if someone was telling, giving me orders, I, I don't, I'd never taken too kindly to it. Like, I can work within a team, but like. You know, sometimes I have to be left alone and just let me do it, like, you know. So I like the freedom of it, like, yeah. And let's bring it back to the start. You know, how do you... That's what I like to do, my guests, go back to the start and kind of, you know, paint the picture how they ended up where they are now today. Um, how did Binge Warmer start, you know, from, the, say, 
from the idea to from the concept to you know fruition and in and so on well i as i said i'm from y'all and uh, we got a local radio station community radio y'all and i did a sports show on a sunday evening and i did it with another friend of mine aaron kenny and we called it the bench warmers right and uh, how do you get involved in that i just like they, they knew i'm into sports and it's a local radio station you know and they just asked me look would you like to give this a go you know do it on a sunday evening like it's not like it's not like i was on today fm or news talk i was just doing it for the local community you know yeah. and then i did Huge it on man a, of heart, like. that's it yeah <laughs> well i just did it as a hobby you know yeah. a pastime and then I did it on a Sunday evening. We got some good guests on, like, we, well, I shouldn't say with John Delaney, you know, the ex-chief executive, whether he was a good guest or not. We had um, Ollie Campbell, the former Irish show that we had. We had good guests. We did a load of, we did the Prendergast hurlers with Clinton Hennessy, with Bill Cooper. Yeah. yeah, so, like, we did a load of good hurlers, we would ex-carry football or stuff like that on. And then I, um, and then that was fine. And then I set up the Facebook page, and I set up the Twitter or the Instagram, and then people started liking what I was putting up, like, you know, and it just escalated, like, you know, and the snowball effect, like, you know, so that was it. So, Is there any standout moments, to say, from that period that kind of really, say, you know, kind of put, in, put into your head, look, this is what I want to do, I want to pursue this? Well, I don't want to bore people, like, but I'll just tell you more about then how I how got continued it, it yeah. like, you know. So that was grand. I set up the Facebook, the Instagram, Twitter. It was a snowball effect. People. Yeah. So then I people from outside of y'all started liking the page then people from Cork outside of Cork further afield started liking the page then I said jeez I might be onto something here I originally set it up because look I, I'm into every sport I love sports like you know I, I still play the rugby here with the Dubai Sharks and uh, basically I at one stage I kind of wanted to get into being a sports journalist or being a presenter or whatever and I said look why don't I do this and I can put it on my CV mm-hmm. and that I've grown this following that I've instead of just like instead of just going into that, that's what I'd say to anyone instead of just going into an office empty handed that I'm going to get into this but you haven't done anything in it like you know into the portfolio yeah, so like, yeah. kind of like what you're doing with your show like you know and um, so then so that was that and then and then the thing just kind of took off on its own and then I said to myself I, I mightn't have to go to any place. This might just do it on its own, like but, you know. What, like, what year was that? And in relation to how did you grow the page? Well, it was tw- it was 2014. Well, how I grew the page was, if you set it up now, forget it. It's 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 too competitive. Like, there's too many websites. Like, too many regulations. Yeah, as well, well, I was going to come on to that too, but like, I got ahead of the curve, right? In terms of now, there's a whole load of websites. Like, but also the second point is that yeah, like. Uh, 15, I started in 2014, so what's that? What's that? No, 10 years, years ago? ago. 10, yeah, that's when it was. Sorry, years ago, yeah. I actually set it up originally in 2011, November 2011, as the radio show, right? But it really kicked off in 2014 because of the World Cup. And on about regulations, I was saying to the air, like the internet back then was like the Wild West, like, you know, like it was <laughs> it was only getting going though, like, you know, and like, like as Del Boyd says, he who dares wins, like, you know, and like I. Like I, I took short, shortcuts. I did whatever I could to make it as big as I could, like you know, and like um, and the others did it too, like the Lad Bible, all the rest of them. They all, and that's why Lad Bible have their following. And like I, I did the same. But now, so like literally, what I did was say in the World Cup, if a goal went in, I might put that straight up on Facebook or Instagram, like you know, and like you can't do that now because, and rightfully so, uh, Sky Sports, whoever won the rights for it, will hit you with a copyright strike. So like yeah, that's that's what I was doing basically, and. The thing snowballed off that, and like at the time, I suppose it was still relatively new, and Sky or whoever weren't pulling it for it, like you know. So that's why I grew the following, and then 
then I then I obviously had to clean up the page and to change the way we do things and that was it then after that like. what page how many pages do you run now and what page you had a few you had some McGregor page before did you yeah well I renamed that now it was called I grew that on the back of Conor McGregor's success I called that Conor Notorious McGregor and um, but I renamed it Ultimate Fight Corner and that's like our UFC boxing page we also have uh, we have a rugby page we have a darts page golf page we have the main bench warmers page obviously we have the GA crack so like I I actually don't have time to manage them all so like my main priorities are bench warmers and GA crack and um, obviously if there's a good fight thing I put it up in the ultimate fight corner and then if uh, I know my main focus this year because it's the rugby world cup is on this year is to grow a real rugby following like you know so yeah so that because they're my sports really I love I love football or soccer as you call it I love GA and I love rugby so they're the three that I love well I love them all but they're the three that well, you can see the GA has been a success, 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 because I have a passion for the GA. You know, mm-hmm. even though I might give out about it, but I do. <laughs> but it, uh, you know, what, what have you seen works now to grow pages? Then obviously, you know, before you could put up whatever. Now you've regulation and so on. What do you think works now to grow pages? Well, you have to be on it, like you know, like there's no, like unfortunately nowadays people want their news instant, like you know, like there's no. That's how we grow a page now. So literally, you can see now today trending on Twitter. The whole Prince William thing that he's the interview he did with um like basically damning his own family. Like I know that's not sports related, but you can probably get a football joke out of that, like, you know, or something. So like literally how you grow a thing nowadays is being on the current trends, you know? And like just you know, make up your own rules as well, like, you know, don't play by you know, but like obviously but like other things like I was saying that I uh like people ran to me but like I used to be driving around Cork City, I still had my car at home up the garden. And I have it branded with bench warmers, like, you know. I used to be driving around the city and I'd be going up College Road in Cork and all the students be taking pictures of the car, that's bench warmers. So, like, that's little things you just... And I even when I started bench warmers, I used to be going into pubs and handing in flyers and all that, like, and everyone used to be like, what what clown is this like? What's this about, like, you know? But that's, that's like, you either want to get ahead or not, like, you know, so... And, like, how do you make, how do you make um, money off the page? Then, if you know, maybe ask yeah. like, you know, how, like... You see all these pages online, Joe.ie, for example, Lad Bible, and so on, and Bill Chalmers. Yeah. How did these guys make make a living? Basically, traffic to the website. You know, like it's great having the following, right? But like, like people give out about clickbait, and obviously we do a bit of that, like, because we have to pay the bills, like, you know. But people give out about clickbait, but you're still getting the information for free, you know. Like back in the day, you had to go in and buy the, the Irish Examiner or buy the Sun or the Star, and you had to pay money to get your news, you know. Now you get it for free, but unfortunately you have to click in the ads so, or click in the link to go into the website. So literally, how we make our money is, on average, we get about we get a few million hits a month to the website, right? I won't reveal the number, but we're trying to grow that the whole time, and we get paid per impression. So when you want to, you got a lovely suit on here today, I know. So like you must, you might Google suit. Well, didn't get the memo. Like. Get, yeah, I didn't know. But <laughs> <laughs> you. Yeah, I am what I am, but uh, you, you, uh, you, but basically, um, so you might be googling suits and you go on to benchwarmers then to read about your sports, but you do get you get hit with an ad about suits, like you know. So that's so be, you get paid per impression on the website, like you know. So yeah. So and like, is, is that so? Companies will, go, will come to you and be like, we'll give you X amount per Not really impression. Com- yeah, some do, like yeah, mm-hmm. and then we and then the likes of the Google then as well, like you know. One thing as well I touch on before we go forward, uh, Nev, is that. You know, how did your upbringing shape you into the person you are today? Well, uh, deep, like, I know we're getting deep now, but... That's okay, but basically, yeah, as I tell you, look, I'm from you all, basically. We own a, we own a, 
one of the main clothes shops in the town on the main street there and we we sell the school uniform and all that and it was my mother well it was my mother and my two aunties and my mother used to walk in there with my two aunties both my parents have obviously passed away but like but basically um i grew up inside the counter there was a small butter box and i grew up sitting on that watching my granny originally having cigarettes over the counter selling talking to the customers and all that and then I don't know, I suppose when you're a child you might soak up stuff like that, like so I come from a business background. Not to say that like there's plenty of people that haven't and have been success like but so that's it and then um and then yeah, so like I come from a business background. Uh like I don't know what else do I know about where I went to school yeah, or what? No, like, it's, or, it's one thing another thing I want to touch on is I think it's very important that you know there not all roads are straight. They have turns, they have forks. Um and you came to a fork in, in the road when you were in, in college uh, do you want to delve into that because I think that's important yeah, for, for people to, to well, realise that look you don't have to be passing everything you know something might happen but that break was actually very good well, for, I, the, for the page wasn't it? well I was useless in school like school wasn't my thing at all like you know but um, but I was lucky enough anyway I was sent off to uh, I did first year on CBS and y'all and then the parents were like, well, he's not doing a tap. And we and the mother was like, I can't be running up and down the town after him, you know, running the shop. and Gallivanting. Yeah, and the old fellow used to be up in Cork. He worked with Aircom, so he was like, right. So like, right, we're sending him up to Ross Grey up in Tipperary. And I didn't go there as a prestigious thing. I was just, like, a lot of people damn boarding school. but And people say, oh, you're posh boy if you go there. But, like, but I actually needed boarding school. I needed the... The discipline or whatever like you know and I was sent there and what I liked about obviously I liked the rugby and I played in the Leinster schools then as well up there and it was a good hurling school too like you know but basically I did I did I did my years up there I got I passed everything in the leaving cert like did five years in Rossgrade and then I I passed everything in the leaving cert and then thankfully I went on and I did uh, I managed to get into business in CIT and uh, now it's called Munster University Technology University yeah, yeah. but I was I'm actually delighted I went to CIT, like, you know. No, I would have maybe liked to went to UCC, but I wouldn't have got my degree if I went to UCC because what I liked about CIT, it was, like, it was still a big college, like, you know, but it was more, it was more personal, like, you know. There was, like, every day you had to fill out a rota. Now, if you weren't there, you weren't there. But still, the report went home that he was in 70% of his lectures or whatever. Right. So you'd be given out to Whereas in UCC, you were just another number, you know. Yeah. And I got to know all the lectures. The lecturers still know me out there. I managed to get the degree in the end, grabbed it and ran out the door, thank God. But in the middle of it, I took like, I took two years out too, because in CIT, after three years, you get an ordinary degree. And then I got that, and then I went, I went to Thailand for a year, and I taught English over there, believe it or not. So there's a lot of kids in Thailand now saying lad and boy and whatnot. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I did that for a year, and then when I was still over in Thailand, uh, Benchwarmers was growing online steadily, you know? And I said to myself, I better come home and give this a crack. And I also better try and um, finish, get the honours degree, do the final year and get it, like, you know. So I came back, did that, and then, uh, and then I was lucky enough, then I got into the Rubicon Centre in CIT, which is an entrepreneur hub. And that's where I, that's where I kind of drove on bench warmers then, and, like, that was vital to me too. Um, and then, and then I, yeah, so then that was that. And then I suppose the next thing you want to ask me is, what is the examiner kind of like, is it? Yeah, well, it's just even the, 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 no, I'd like to delve into, you, you didn't touch on it there, but I'm going to un- open the, the bag, is that you, you didn't pass the, 
you know, the, the, the degree because it was the you have to get a certain QCA oh, yeah, or something. Oh, but I got the degree in the end, like. No, you got I mean, got but I, I mean that that period when you didn't pass it. Did do you? What was that like for you? Do you? Did, like, like, it was, wasn't that I? What was annoying was that like, yeah, I. You passed it, but it just was the overall one that. Yeah, but oh, I let. Look, I might as well admit it now. If <laughs> first year I snuck through, right? Second year, I had to repeat second year because I did feck all, right? And then. Then I then in third year you have to get a fifty percent average, you know, and I got like forty six or seven or eight, right, and then I wasn't allowed progress to the fourth year, oh, yeah. but like I still passed the degree, but I just didn't get the fifty percent average, like you know, like I used to always in school I used to always be like, as long as I get the forty, happy with that, that's like you know, but like uh, and yeah, so then I said, oh to hell to this, I've had enough of it, I'm not coming back repeating another year, so then I went off and I worked in a call center for a year, and I what did you, that teach you? I was one of the best educations going, like, you know, because, like, like it's grand for some people, like, you know, but, like, it's not it's not something um, that you want to be at, I don't think, for the rest of your days, and especially doing that from such a young age. You don't want to be doing that from your 20s the whole way through, like, you know. And, uh, well, it might suit some people, but I did that, and then I saved up a bit of money then doing that, and then I went out to Thailand then for the year, so... Kind of bring us on to where the Irish examiner came into play. I think that's kind of important, and how they were important for the, for the growth of... Of you and the growth of of bench warmers. Well, I, uh, like uh, from from since day one, we used to always get the Irish Examiner delivered into our door at home. You know, like I suppose it's very much a, a cork or monster thing. Like you know, sure everyone reads it down in Kerry too. And and uh, but like basically, I did a year in the Rubicon, and I they were great help to me there. Uh, George Bullman, fellow yawn man and stuff, was in there, and that was grand. But then, like I had to get together. Like I was getting a bit of, so at the start in when I was doing bench warmers, I used to get a bit of business in the door. I remember Ollie from your show, Shire, yeah. Ollie the Shire, he was managing the Bailey at the time in Cork City and he did a bit of advertising on the page, like, you know, and then I got other people to have Reardon's did a bit of advertising on the page. But then as I was in there trying to get advertising, I was missing out on stuff online. So then I realised, look, I'm gonna have to get a bit of help here, like, you know. So then I put together a business plan, even though I don't know a business plan's that you know, no. I did a big elaborate one, but I don't think they're, you know, they're whatever, like, you know. Well, whoever the business plan, they didn't plan for COVID, didn't yeah, they? Exactly. I mean? sure. Yeah, Mike Tyson said, everyone has a plan, they'll get punched in the face. But, like, but I I gave that to the examiner, and I said, they didn't even read it. But, anyway, that got me in the door with the examiner, and that gave me a steady wage. And But then, like, I had to give up a percentage of bench warmers. But then, they took me on. But then, they knew I had a following. They knew I had something good. But then they didn't know what to do with me, like you know, yeah. like they just let me to my own devices. That was grand. Then was with the examiner for a few years, and there were some good people in there, to be fair. And then, uh, and I'm very thankful. I'm very grateful for them, like you know, they, they kind of helped me get going or whatever. And um, but then after that, then the Irish Times took over the Irish Examiner, and then kind of things were up in the air. Now it was not like they were being thrown out the door. Like the Times were going to keep us on and all that, like you know. But things were up in the air, and I knew they. They didn't know what to do with us, like, you know, so I was like, look, will we just move on here, like, because I don't, because at that stage, bench warmers could make money on its own, you know, I didn't really need the support anymore, but at that stage, I came across a guy in the UK, Will Murhead, he owns Rocket Sports Media, and I said, look, why don't you buy out the examiner's stake, and I'll go with you, and we'll drive it on, and I'm with him now, two or three years since, like, you know. And you obviously spoke to other investors as well around that time, did you? Yeah, but, like, basically, he, um, he was the best suited, because how I got to know, know him originally was he owns other football and sports websites so he's part of like so if you ever come across 
caught offside or Klopp Empire or Liverpool News and Chelsea News he, there's a whole load of football websites under the umbrella of Rocket Sports Media in the UK and I went with I went with him then and been with him ever since like, you know. I haven't known you and know you well now um, I say you know you could say him to you and it's like water off the duck's back but how do you deal with uh, online social media abuse? It's toxic, like. It's absolutely toxic. And, like, people, like, I'd be listening to Pat's plan and people on the Sunday game and they'd be saying, oh, they should be more re- regulated and all that, like, and people, and I agree with them, people should have to put up the, the passport or whatever. But at the same time, like, it's not Twitter or Facebook telling you to say these things, like. It's the powers with the people, like, you know. Mm. So, like, it's, it's probably a sad reflection on people in general that people are putting up this stuff but I'm lucky that's why I don't put my face out there like you know now I'll do this podcast for you you've done a few podcasts I've done one or two like to be honest I do them too because look there'll be people listening to this please God and it it helps promote promote the brand more and people know that and the way Shaq's well well. yeah that's it (laughs) but people people know that there's a cork fella behind it too like it's not some some random thing over in England or some big shot up in Dublin like you know it's a fella from the country running but like uh, Lord Mayor is it? Lord Mayor of y'all but like uh, <laughs> no but yeah it's awful but that's why I don't put myself out there like if Benchwarmers gets the the grief well so be it like you know but at the same time I've been in some shit storms too which will probably come on to like you know yeah at that point in the shit storms as you uh, defined it yeah um, list out the Hillsborough one yeah well like that was it was it was that was a joke put up by someone else actually and I thought that was funny enough and then I put it up in Benchwarmers and then what it was basically was uh, and you know what I'm sorry no, I don't want to offend the Liverpool fans but they cannot take the banter they're the worst <laughs> for taking the banter but in fairness it, it wasn't aimed at anything in Hillsborough basically what it was was to sum it up quickly it was uh, at the time Real Madrid won the Champions League and Rafa Benitez got fired from Real Madrid a few months previously and then he was managing Newcastle so Real Madrid won the Champions League Newcastle got relegated to the Division 1 instead of the Premiership and I put a picture up of Rafa Benitez crying uh, when you go from Champions League winning to Championship and of course it was him crying at the Hillsborough disaster and then sure, the whole thing blew up out of nothing like, and it was not, like, there was a lot of fools like, dude, like, well I shouldn't say that but like there was a lot of people blew it way out of proportion than it, than it was like you know and I just literally put up an apology but you know the thing about shitstorms they pass like you know yeah. so like you just alright I shouldn't have put it up it was a mistake held the hands up and then you move on that's it like, you know? and did you get did you get like emails from people saying that you know threatening court proceedings or no sure how could they read it like you know like you can't the one big thing you have to worry about in my game really is character defamation like you know like oh, yeah. that's like the Irish Examiner were in big trouble a few years ago I, I don't think they mind me saying this but I think one of the journalists kind of employed that Wayne Rooney turned up drunk to a Man United training session. Now, there's rumours that it was actually true, but there was no way of um, proving it. Proving it. And next thing, Rooney's agents got on, and they, I think I don't know did the sue or did it open an apology? And rightly so, because you can't say something about someone unless you have your facts, like you know. So where is that that Rafa Benitez Hillsborough thing, like? Like it wasn't, I wasn't damaging anyone's character, but I was just making a joke about a very tragic incident, like you know, which I well, I didn't know I was making a joke of it, but I just used the wrong picture, like you know. So. What about Ursa Jacob? <laughs> You're gonna ask me about that, yeah. Well, I'll look, my job is just to make articles and stir the pot, like you know. 
I actually... There's I, a fine line though, isn't there? Yeah, but I, I actually think she's a very good pundit, like, you know, I got no problem with anyone. Pat's Bland, Colm O'Rourke, all of them, I think, they're all... But, like, all I did that time was, like, uh, the, there was a way, there was a load of comments online, but a load of lads deleted it when I made the article. But all I did was basically, like, unfortunately, we're in the age of, when you're on TV, everyone's going to have an opinion, good or bad. And what I did was I basically just put up the negative comments because unfortunately people do click on that. They click on the bad news rather than the good news. And I put up, like, I made a story out of that. Yeah, she she was coming in for a bit of slack on the Sunday game or whatever. And um, yeah, then she, she wasn't happy with that. But like, being honest with you, it wasn't, they weren't my views or anything. I was just reposting what other people said. No, maybe I should have done that. But having said that, uh, Colm O'Rourke and Pat Bland get called a bollocks every week like you know yeah. and they don't go, go on a big thing on social media like you know and like unfortunately if whoever else is going to be on the Sunday game next summer again unfortunately there, there's, there's always going to be comments online good or bad whether they like your opinion or whatever like you know but yeah look maybe I shouldn't tone it down or whatever like maybe I shouldn't have done that but yeah look but even, I apologise even, even moving on from that like and I, I don't mean to be asking this question after just discussing that but like it must be very difficult to you know to differentiate you know what's okay to put up and what's only you know what would damage someone's character and what wouldn't damage someone's character well, that, that's it like you see the thing is as well like I, I I don't have a big team behind me like you know it's me and one other person doing it like you know and I, I keep it small uh, for a reason because obviously number one you'd have to pay more costs if you get on someone else right and like I'm not making I'm still happy with the free drink on Emirates like I'm not flying first class yet like you know but <laughs> well, I, like, saw, I saw you turn and left one day yeah, walking yeah. Yeah. but uh, my point is that um, the reason I all oh, secondary is I keep it small is because so I can manage it like in case someone puts up the wrong thing and you're not happy like see the more people you have the more uh, the more trouble you might get yeah. in if someone puts up the wrong thing but uh, I actually can't remember what was the yeah just about the the, uh, keep an eye on the you know the, the line between um, the, you yeah know, the sorry that's what also I was about to say is that like look it's literally me behind it 90% of the time and unfortunately I'm only human like you know let he who is out sin cast the first stone you know cast the first rock but like I, so like I'm basically posting on all my different pages once an hour or twice an hour and like sometimes you might put something up without thinking and you might just make a mistake or have a bad day and unfortunately when I have a bad day it goes out to thousands and it can explode <laughs> like you know so thankfully I've learned a lot in this game and I'm always still learning like you know what has been the biggest setback since you set up bench warmers and all the other pages I think really like um We've had setbacks, like, you know. Um, I'm trying to think. We lost our Twitter there at one stage. We got... That happened to Paddy Power, too. It happened to a, a lot of websites. Uh, big... Uh, big boys. Yeah. <laughs> they basically putting up copyright, like, you know. And uh, thankfully, I... I We had to pay a fee for putting up, like, goals that we shouldn't have been putting up, like. But Twitter are a lot more stricter. You get five strikes on Twitter and you're off, like, you know. So that was... Even though, to be honest with you, I don't even use Twitter. I only get use Twitter personally for my news. But in terms of bench warmers, I'm actually half afraid of it because it's so toxic, like, you know? Yeah, what's your feeling now that the way you can see the impressions, you know, since... Yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting. Know. It's actually scary, to be honest with you. But at the same time, it's bringing back to show how powerful Twitter can be, you know? True, yeah. you can see how many... But in terms of setbacks, so losing that was bad. Uh, obviously, I've put up, like, like the Ursula Jacob thing, like, again, that probably... Like, people say there's no such thing as bad publicity. But, like, there is too, like, you know. And if you're honest, she wanted the worst about it. Like, she just said, yeah, 
just whatever we shouldn't have done that and then obviously I put up a thing about Joe Henning a few years ago but he didn't you know I was just saying he was having a bad game but I made a joke about it which I shouldn't and then the Hillsborough thing there's been setbacks like you know because that's not good for the brand then like you know or whatever but look these things happen like you know and as I said I don't like if you make I put up a thing about Seamus Coleman too like who haven't I insulted in the country now at this stage <laughs> but like you know I I I I mean well, obviously I support everyone that's Irish and you know, I, there's nothing malicious there. Unfortunately I just go over the I go offside sometimes like that's the problem, you know. But do you think you need do you think company you kinda of see it online, do you think companies need to go offside to to grow a presence now? Yeah, well not offside but very close to it like, you know. Like like um yeah, but like so unfortunately if you're going very close to the line, sometimes you're gonna go over it like, mm. you know. So like yeah, definitely. Like you're not gonna, you're gonna get nowhere if you're just gonna be all nice and quiet. So like, like you should look at Joe Bradley. He's uh, he just stirring the pot the whole time. Every he's day. After making, let's see, he's after making a nice few quid off it, and like he wouldn't have been doing that if he wasn't who he was. Like you know, so you have to, you have to shake things up. You have to be a disruptor, shall we say? You know. But with the type of person you are as well, it doesn't seem to affect you. And which you're lucky, you know, we get negativity. Like what has been the worst part of abuse you've received online uh, well I've had I've had one guy say to me um, no wonder your mother died of cancer like you know and all oh, that Jesus. Like, you know? so like yeah. yeah but like look lad it's like, it's obviously someone you, he, you, he knew you so. no I don't know who it was but like like fuck him like you know like you thankfully you know if I'm big enough and strong enough like you know but like like people go on about uh, depression these days and thankfully touch wood I have a I've Thankfully, I'm strong enough mentally, but like, and I've never really suffered with mental depression. But like, at the same time, things happen. Like, you know, yeah. you go through things, and you have to dust yourself off and go again. Like, because like that's what that's what life's all about, you know. So. And what's your feeling on people? Because I know companies out there before have been buying followers and buying, you know, traffic. What's your feeling on that? You're only cutting yourself at the end of the day, like you know. It's like going to the gym and expecting to lose weight, like you know. Thankfully, now it's hard keeping. You have to keep the fans engaged the whole time, like, you know, but, like, at the same time, I think with the, fa- the following Benchwarmers has, it's grown from the ground up, it's gr- from y'all the whole way to Cork, the whole way to UK, the UK is our biggest following now, like, you know, and same with GA Crack, built that from the ground, and same with our rugby pages. Like, I think you're only kidding yourself, you're better off having an authentic following of people that actually want to follow the brand, you know, I think going out buying a quick buy, I think it's, I think you're only fooling yourself, like, it's like, People are just like I, I. didn't remember following this page. Like you know, no, it might work sometimes. But yeah, how do they buy the followers? Is it, are they fake pages they're buying, or is it actually? Well, there's a bit of both. Like like there's, they, like you can get onto pages and say that if there's an individual running a page, there's a bit of crack, a bit of a laugh. You can get onto them. Look, love the page. Would you ever think of selling it to us? Like you know, oh, yeah. and then you can rename the page. Like you know, uh, and then the second way is like yeah, people just buy, people buy bots. Like you know, buy f- fake clicks or whatever. Like you know, and then that then that looks good but like at the same time like like when I look at my traffic I can see who's clicking on it and where they're clicking and from it and it's always great to have a, a British and Irish clicking and following like you know and what's the breakdown Ev, with the with the pages roughly with bench warmers and we say GA Crack well obviously GA Crack's nearly Irish and anyone that's not Irish is an expat living in Dubai or Australia or wherever bench warmers it's uh, it's I think UK is number one I think Ireland's two I haven't looked at it in a while now Australia is up there. The USA has gone in there. Um, I think they are the top four, you know. And like, um, 
But yeah, it's. Uh, what about the rugby rugby page? Now that'd be interesting to break down. That. Yeah, it's, again, it's the rugby countries like Britain and Ireland, and basically the southern hemispheres, New Zealand, Australia, and oh, then yeah. a few from Fiji and a few maybe a few French fellas, but like or French people, but um. Yeah, so like it's but like what's great is sorry, last point I want to make there about that is that like everyone says Facebook is dying. If you Google it, it's still number one as the most powerful uh, social media platform. And I swear to God, our, our Facebook is growing, like you know, yeah. like our Instagram is after stagnating a bit, but our Facebook is definitely growing, you know. And in relation to you know people starting out now online, like what advice would you give them? I just give them like uh, like. Get on with it anyway. First off, I I know some lads and they they're all like, oh, we want to have the website right first until we set up the social media. Like I'd say, set up the social media first and crack on. Get your friends following it. Uh, beg, steal, and borrow. Get the flyers out. Get you know yourself. Like you know, do whatever you have to do to grow it. Like you know, and also take risks and be a chancer. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, no, like, as long as you're not stepping on people's toes, like, you know, like, like, all right, like, I might put up a joke sometimes, well, and it might be belong to someone else, like, you know, but if people message me, I, I'll credit them in the post, or else I'll take it down, like, you know, so, like, I, unfortunately, sometimes with the internet, it's like trying to find out who came up with a knock-knock joke, you know, mm-hmm. there'd be some people claiming the stairs, and it wasn't theirs, like, you know, so, that's what I'd say, I'd say, if you want to get online now, get on with it and crack on, and look, you can always just do it as a as a side hobby. Like look, you, look your prime example. You got your own uh, job, and you're doing this on the side, like you know. So yeah. Yeah, and it's um, another thing that never I'd like to delve into. Like, why do you stay behind the brand? Uh, I, I don't know. Did I do? Was I right or wrong to do that? Like you know, but it served me right so far, I think. But basically, um, can you tell me who owns the Lad Bible? Can you? No, like basically my benchmark when I set it up was the Lad Bible. I thought what they were doing was very good, you know. And it's like I think they're a slick operation. And I, I think a man from Manchester, the lad that runs it, I've, but you can't, no one actually knows who he is, like, you know. He's not in it for the ego. And I'm not in this for the ego either, like, you know, if there is an ego in it, like, you know. And like again, if you put your, like, as I said, if you're slagging United one week and you're slagging Liverpool the next week, you don't want to be putting a face to that, like, you know. I'll tell you one quick one on that, actually. Uh, there was there was a at one stage on the website if you google it you could see Neville O'Donoghue 11 North Main Street y'all you know you could see it and the phone number was there and they rang up the shop at home and they rang my auntie and uh, he was like he was a Liverpool fella and he's like what is that uh, is that bench warmers and my auntie's like well yes it's my nephew he runs the page yeah Will you tell him leave Liverpool alone? <laughs> so, like, there's a prime example where I hide behind the brand, like you know. Do you think you're getting enough out of the 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 business or the brand? You know, because you see people there with smaller followings, with people who, in a way, mightn't have put in as much work, the grind over the years as you, and they're getting more out of the brand. Yeah, yeah. If you know what I mean. Yeah, I agree with you. Like, do you think you're getting enough out of the brand yourself? No, definitely not. You know, I think I, I think I should be, I think I should be wearing, I should be the one wearing the suit and you wearing the vest and the shorts. <laughs> well, sure, what, what, sure, don't they say like the likes of uh, Steve Jobs and Max Zuckerberg? Yeah. They wear casual uh, well, clothes every day. Extra comparing me to them. Like, but, uh, <laughs> no, but I uh, definitely not. But it, again, it's it comes back to the followers. I see a lot of, we'll say girls now or women in particular, right? They might have a smaller following, but like, like I know lads buy stuff too, like. But some women are lethal for buying dresses, makeup, and all that. And I know, I know some girls, and they'd only have like 
50,000 followers but if they put up wearing a dress you can see all the comments where do you get that dress out of women buy stuff more than men do like all I can sell to my followers is bets and points like you know so, like, but, like, do you, do you think you can monetize it a bit more I probably can, yeah. I, de- I definitely, I'm probably half lazy with it too, like, you know, but I, I should definitely get to figure out more and be doing more. But look, to be honest, look, it's, it's paying the bills and all that, but at the same time, it should be doing more than that. Like, I, the bank the bank account should be going the other way because, like, the reason I never get a big ego as well, right, is because, like, I'm old enough I remember Bebo, right? And Bebo, oh, yeah. Bebo vanished overnight, like, you know. I lost a lot of pictures of stuff off that, which still kills me. But, like, What's to say Facebook and Instagram won't disappear over? Now, I don't think they will because they're well-established. They own, they own WhatsApp. They own a lot of platforms and all that. But, like, that's why, like, you should never get ahead of yourself because it could finish like that, like, you know. What's plan B if, if that did happen? Plan B is... Uh, thankfully... Um, <laughs> it's like the sketch in the dumb labels. <laughs> uh, um, plan B is, look, I think at this stage, I think I've proven myself to be a... Marketing genius, shall we say, like, you know. So I think at this stage, the whole reason I said originally I set up bench warmers was to get into journalism and all that, like, you know. So I do think if they did go belly up in the morning, I do think that it's quite impressive what I've done. You know, to have that in a CV, I could walk into a load of things. I always, I would have loved maybe one day to be a presenter, maybe kick Ryan Tubbery out and take on the late head or I would have liked that but then again I'm like no I don't want that but then, but then it, I think if I walked into a marketing company and I said look I can run your social media I can do that like you know I think people be like well he's had a million followers on Instagram two million on Facebook you know so I, I think that would open, open up a lot of doors to me so I think I'd be alright like definitely know? definitely definitely. and like you so you've, you've one million on, on binge warmers you've two million on Facebook 2.2 2.2 yeah. two, and then you have um X amount more on, on other GA crack has 175,000 Instagram and it has 300,000 on Facebook it's the biggest GA community and I'm pretty proud of that like you know literally I came to a stage there when Benchwarmers got too big for GA right so when I was putting up stuff about GA it wasn't getting the same clicks or traction and I said to myself you know why don't I start setting up different pages for the different sports like you know yeah. so that's where I started up GA crack and I started up in total I think we've about over seven million followers. If you were to add it all up, and, even, and I've, I've, I, I've, I've underplayed that a bit because I've obviously left a bit for people that are maybe following both pages, like yeah. you know. So in my opinion, it's probably roughly seven million followers. Like, this is know. usually the stage. Now you drop the mic, but don't because I can't afford to buy another. I, know, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I wish. Yeah. <laughs> Look, people might think you know they again naivety and natural enough I probably was admittedly I probably was the same before I started doing it myself and then getting to know yourself and a few other people who have big presence online that must be easier to run a uh, social media page it's not it must be easy to run it but the point is that some people might think it's easy to run a social media page and you know they have a great life happy days but it's not no it's not like as I said like with the Again, we say the Ursula Jacob thing and the Hillsborough thing. You're only one click away from a disaster, like, you know? So, like, your head has to be in the game the whole time. Like, even as I said you there, thank God I got the Lee Keegan thing up. And even at that, I was an hour late with it. I see my other competitors have it up. It's not like, it's relentless, like, you know? Like, there's a few of my buddies there. They helped me with the rugby page for a bit. And they helped me with the GA page. But sure, they did, like, they're still logged into it. But, like, sure, they didn't last, like, you know? Because they were, like, eventually they were, like... 
as I said, it came out as a joke. I said, they said, Ash, anyone, can you do your job? I said, well, go on then. You can help me with the rubbing page and the GA crack. And then eventually we were like, geez, yeah, I, I don't know how you do this the whole time, like, you know. And uh, as I said to the lads, I'm like a swan, right? You just see me sitting there, but you don't see the feet flapping underneath the water, you know? You want to say What can I say? What was COVID like? Uh, well, I was very lucky because I was still under the Irish examiner, and I'd say the examiner got like a payout from the government or something. So, like, I was still under the books with the All examiner. Right, so, you only kind of broke away from yeah, them after? Yeah, yeah, during it. Yeah, so, like, I was still with them, so, like, they paid me regardless. But if I was with the Will, my English guy, like, he would have been like, oh, why aren't we? But it was disaster for everyone, like, you know. But thankfully, I didn't have to go on the COVID payment, like, you know, I, I was still getting my income. And luckily enough, because it hasn't been, it's not easy setting up over here. I'm after burning through a load of cash, like, you know, to get going over here. And thankfully, COVID has served me well that, that way that I, I saved a bit of money with it, like, you know. And, um, yeah, so, like, um, but for the page though, did you like? Did you get a lot of traffic through it because people were just at home literally doing nothing? Well, I didn't. Re- yeah, but you have to have something to talk about too, like you know. Yeah, so like we yeah. nothing. They were sitting at home, but we know sports on, like you know. So when I get my most traffic is over Christmas and over Easter holidays when they're all off school, and that's when they're going to be clicking on it, like you know. So oh, yeah. yeah. So. And like, how did you deal with the period? You know, how do you deal with that period? You so you'd COVID and you would, when you you know when you you branched away from the Irish Examiner. You know, it must have been a quite low time for you, like. Well, like it's it took a while to get used to the English guy, and we're we'll still be fighting all the time. But, but how, you know, like, how like that period before you got him on board, like it must have been quite low. Well, like we had to go through a few changes, like you know, like we had to, like we to, like at that stage when I was kind of with the examiner. Like we were, like the examiner, they were great, but they didn't have a clue half the time. Like, yeah, but you like, were well, you earning income? So you're earning income from the examiner, but were you also earning income off like ads? Uh, kinda, yeah. 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 So you, so like, I want to just delve into what was that period like when, when the, when the card was cut as such. What was that time like? You know, before the the English guy came on board. Well, it was, I literally went from him straight into the new. Oh, yeah. yeah. So like, there was no break. Thank God, because. I'm not, I said I'm not on the, the big big bucks like you know so I it's nice to have a wage coming in every month like you know but um Lamborghini's yeah. just parked up there it is yeah <laughs> no but it was fine it was uh, like we've had the uh, fairness I learned a lot now from being under the English guy like I I know some of the journalists might like this but I'm nearly more of a sports journalist now that I'm with the English guy because I'm writing more articles and stuff like you know when I was with the examiner I was more of just a a social media guy just putting up posts on Instagram and Facebook that were doing well like you know but I I actually like alright my, my English well I still did honours for the leaving but I got like a D or C but like I all my whole life I've been into sports like like it's funny I was talking to one of my buddies from school there recently I just bumped into him randomly and he was saying when we used to be in school when the match would be over because we'd watch it in the common area the TV everyone would get up and leave and I used to always stay on and listen to the punditry like you know so like yeah so like I I am a, I am a, I basically am a sports journalist or blogger or whatever you want to call me, like, you know, like, I'm, I might not be the best one, but that's, that, like, when it comes to sport, I, I'd like to think I know my stuff, like, you know. It's interesting that you said you had a D1 in English, um, and your, your career and life now is, yeah. is basically writing articles, yeah. like, that's, uh, how did you turn that around? You can't make it up, like, but that's, that's it, like, like, being honest with you, right, 
School is important, like it is. Like if I had my time back now, I might have concentrated a bit more. Because you said you before in an interview that you learned a lot. Your time in CIT was some writing class or typing class. Oh think that yeah, was the yeah. Well, that was pinnacle. just. Well, I'll just tell you quickly about school, like because if any young listeners are listening, like what school gives you and college gives you, in my opinion, it gives you time to mature and grow up, like you know, because to go into the working world at 16, 18 is too young, like you know. Yeah. So like I, but what I think is what you get out of school and college is. You get, you get a basic. You you get a grasp of stuff. You get to learn English. You get to learn a bit of maths, geography, history, whatever. And then you go on to college, and then you try and specialise. So I did business in CIT, and like, um, but basically, uh, but then again, business CIT business is very broad. So like, you can go into anything. So, but basically, um, well, one of the yeah, one of the classes which actually I didn't think I was ever going to get anything out of it, but it was on a Monday and Tuesday morning. It was a typing class, and there were the days I was going because I wasn't hung over from the Thursday night in college or whatever. But um, well, we had a typing class, and it was like you have to type how many words in a minute, and you have to be fast at it, like you know. All right, all right. And I swear to God, honestly, that's one of the best things I ever learned typing. I am very fast at typing now, and thank God I actually came into those classes oh. on a Monday and Tuesday because sure I'm typing the whole time. So if I was, if I give anyone advice, one thing you should learn in life is typing because everyone's on that. When's the last time I wrote something with a pen and paper? You're probably the same, like you know. Yeah, like, everyone types. On, on you have to be typing. So learn typing good and early. That's what I'd say. Has any previous, you know, preconception or, or perception or preconception of uh, of Dubai before he came over here? Well, as I said, I was over here on holidays a few times. Um, uh, I didn't know what did, to... Like, did you think you could grow your page over here? Like, I think I have. I've grown it a bit. Like All the lads in the rugby team now follow it, to be fair to it. like you know. And I've I've met all the Irish over here, the Gaelic teams and all that. They started following it. I think a lot of them are following it already anyway, thank God. But, um, but like, yeah, I think it's definitely been good for me. Like, you know? like, the only thing is it's not cheap over here. It's expensive, like, you know? but yeah. it's... It Perception is it's great, but it takes, no, it's it, not it, like, it takes time to... Well, it's not even that, like, everyone thinks that... I know no one do my own thing, but, like, there's buddies of mine, and, like, they they have jobs Monday to Friday, and, like, you work like a savage, you know yourself, yeah. Monday to Friday, like, you know? Like, all right, the weekends might look brilliant over here, but, like, at home in Ireland, I think we're very lucky we've got a better balance of life at home. Yeah. Now, it's probably... It could be the other extreme at home, or probably there's probably too many people and they have it easy at home like you know whereas over here it's cutthroat like you know yeah. oh very much very yeah. much I, totally, totally, I second that I totally, totally yeah. agree with you there um, but yeah the, the perception out there is it's, uh, it's all bells and whistles and it's great and uh, yeah, that's, yeah. you only see that on, on social media on, on weekends but no you well that's why like, young people have to remember that like you know that like everyone just puts up the best of them on Instagram like you know like Instagram is a lot of BS like let's be honest about it like you know like uh, it's grand it's a great tool to keep up with the news and f- keep following your friends and see what's happening but like anyone that believes that that's real life or what's going on in people's life it couldn't be further from the truth like you know what advice would you give to people if they were going to come out here to Dubai because I know a lot of people follow the page um, yeah so what, what advice would you give just do it you know like uh, like I, I think because I went to a boarding school we used to get home every three or four weeks for a long weekend right I remember when my my parents sent me off they were like look you can always come home after a year if you don't like it just give it a go like you know yeah. so it's the same thing with Dubai like I think unfortunately in Ireland 
a lot of it can be very clannish, like you know, especially the the Cork and Kerry fellas, like you know, well more so the Kerry lads. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like we like our we like our our community, we like our surrounding, like you know, but like 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 we're going to settle down eventually wherever you'll settle down maybe in at home in Kerry or Cork like you know it's like there's plenty of time for that but if, if you're going to come out here come out here and just do it give it a go and like as I said you're you, the flight it's only a seven hour flight like you know something happened you're not and far there's away, no yeah. such thing like I would say 100 or 150 years ago there was proper immigration like you jumped in a boat and like they call it the, the American wake you know because like you were never seen again like you know or you might get letters or whatever but sure now with social media and everything like you know that's why sometimes that, that wrecked my head when I see some of that stuff like uh, come home for Christmas and all that like you know and I'm like like I see people oh, they're coming home from England and I'm like Christ England's closer than it's Dublin so is now like you know so yeah. like a lot of baloney like so like it's just like sure like look at you like you, like, you went home like and sure like it's it's as easy to go home from Kerry than it is or from here than it is to go home from England like you it know is, uh, so, just, it's, yeah. it's still a flight away you know yeah. and it's, uh, yeah. it's, uh, it's definitely like just but, but the advice I'd say sorry finish up here again just go for it but also if you do get out here it's a fantastic life like you know I know there's a lot of down points and and all that but like the weather is brilliant well the summer gets absolutely way too hot but like it's 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 brilliant out here like you know so like if you're if you're still young or relatively young and even if you're not young come out and give it a go like you know how do you deal with difficult situations difficult situations and don't give me the old uh, yera answer give me a proper yera jeez that's the carry reply there yera no I um, well I think I'm not someone that blows up like you know now I can lose the plot like you know but I'm actually not a panicker like you know like that building could be falling down over there and I, I don't panic like you know I've always been very chilled do you think that's how you were brought up Is that- well my mother was and my dad was chilled but I can tell you and they won't like me saying this but my aunties and my sister sometimes they can <laughs> they can panic like you know well like well like because like look you're sort of no one panicking like you know it's even it, 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 I was saying that to one of the lads like even driving you know when you're driving a car right like I always think the best drivers are the people that just are relaxed and don't panic like you know because like if something happens in the road it happens you know what can you do like you're not the first person to have a blown out tyre or whatever you know but dealing with difficult situations the key word is they are or the key thing is don't panic you know that's, so that's how I deal with difficult situations really. and you just face it like look if bench warmers got shut down tomorrow what can you do like you know you just have to get on with it like you know and please god touch wood that doesn't happen like you know but like Look, you're not dead, like it's not the end of the. Like, you, Did you have your health. It's, yeah, it's health as well. Health you know? as well. Um, nobody knows. Nobody knows. Look, nobody knows what's going to happen tomorrow. But let's throw out the question because I always ask. Uh, I ask guests this: Where do you see yourself in five years' time? Five years' time, I probably still see myself, please God, doing bench warmers, but hopefully making a lot more money out of it than I am. Um, what do you think needs to be done to get to the next level? Well, we're getting there. Last year was a very good year, now, like you know, it was because. Uh, How do you benchmark that? Well, you, on the website, that's where you benchmark it. Like, like our, our hits are gone up on the website. I've been on a switch right? Is it like, followers or hits? Hits, hits to the website, and the followers went up too. Now Instagram's gone down a bit, which is annoying. But like, but the Facebook has grown. The, all the Facebooks have grown. But at the end of the day, what you're judged on is traffic to the website, really. You know, well, I judge both. You know, but like. But what brings what brings what brings home the bacon is the is the traffic to the website, like you know. 
but like um, so like how how will how you make the money is like like it's just keep increasing that number like if I can double that number then I'll be taking you out for a steak restaurant or whatever like you're you know? still waiting for that yeah. <laughs> but no if, I, if I'm not at that like I always have ideas I'm actually a, an ideas person like I love ideas like because otherwise I, 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 gonna ha- I have to have stuff to keep me motivated and you have to have something to get out of the bed in the morning like you know I always have other ideas and, and schemes like you know and like uh, so like I'll give you one example I I would have loved maybe one day to turn bed trommers into a sports bar you know like like make the brand actually something physical like you know where, where do you think of doing that well I don't know that's just a one but then I've been advised don't open up don't open up a pub in a million years like you know because I'm sorry but like as I said I come from a I come from a small business and my my auntie and my uncle owned the main shop in Ardmore and Waterford as well and like unfortunately people give you hassle and problems mm-hmm. so the more staff you have and customers the more pro- so like whereas I'm happy out just on my laptop doing my own thing whereas like if you open up a pub you have to put up with all this crap you, you know yourself like you know so that's one idea turn into a sports bar eventually another idea I'll tell you is I'd love to open up a, a driving range one day maybe and you all like you know there's no all you do is collect the balls that's it like another idea is then is maybe who knows open up a water sports in you all jet skiing banana boats so, so you're always that's what keeps people alive you know it keeps people ticking well, well, it with keeps the me going brand, like? well definitely the pub with the bench warmer brand that's the reason I'd set up a pub with the bench warmer brand because it already has a big sports following so you wouldn't have to go to anyone to advertise like you know yeah. you just put it up on your own social media that half half price points tonight in uh, in, in Benchwarmer's pub call in like you know would you practice visualisation either consciously or subconsciously jeez that's a <laughs> I don't know is that a good question or what like I've never um, not really like like yeah I suppose I would like you know like everyone you visualise like you say a reaction to post or whatever the case may be yeah, well, I have a thing as well, like, if I, I'll put it up, and if I see it's not doing well, I'll take it down after five minutes, like, you know? After so, five minutes? Yeah, I will, yeah. You nearly know if it's going to be a good post or not, like, you know? Now, it depends. If you have to, if it's an article and you have to get the clicks out of it, I'll leave it up there. But if it's putting up a meme or a funny joke and it just goes down bad, I'll just take it down, like, you know? Would you, ref- would you de- determine that based on likes or, or traffic uh, to the post? Well, likes... That's I'm talking. If I'm putting a thing up for traffic, I just put it up, leave it up there, right? But if I, so visualization, yeah, I'm always thinking of things like I was like that in school. Honestly, like I, I'd be my head would be, I'd be in the class, but I'd be looking out the window, like you know, like I, I, like I, I don't know. Even on a rugby pitch, when I still be playing, like you know, I love sports, like, and I'm still playing the rugby, and like I'd always be thinking something two phases ahead, like you know. So, yeah, I, I suppose I'd visualize. I suppose doesn't everyone like you know. Very, 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 very carry answer there. So, what, what, what's the, what do you think are the takeaways, or what's your learnings from playing sport all the way up? Uh, I think sports one of the best things you can do. Like, no, not everyone in my family is into sports. Like, you know, my aunties aren't really into it. Like, my, my, uh, my mother was into sports. She was. My dad was hugely into sports. Like, you know. Um, but what you take away from it, I think, is. Um, is I think everyone should try sports or if you're not in sports play the piano do something get involved in a group right because what I think you take away from sports and being part of you can work well in a team you know you can you're you're used to losing and you're used to winning you know like it's basic stuff like like well, losing and setbacks because you're yeah injuries everything like you know like it's uh, I, I think and I think when you're younger as well 
I, I, I think you should play every sport under the sun. Like, you know, I in the end I chose rugby, like, you know, but I played hurling, I played football, I played tennis, I played them all. Like one of, I played with one guy before he played out half with us, no. I hope he's not listening to this and give him a big head. But he was actually one of the most skillful players I played with because he played basketball and he played hurling and he had the hands from playing at all, like, you oh, know. Yeah. So like I think uh, that's what it says. They complement like, each other, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, like even like I've seen I've seen some very good rugby players become very good Gaelic footballers and the same I've seen some very good Gaelic footballers become very good rugby players like you know so do you think that's what is holding Ireland back as a nation doing well in you know, say rugby or soccer that there's too many sports in the in the country ah, well we know that like you know like there's like it's I said to I've, I was at the Ireland versus All Blacks game in Chicago when they beat them for the first time lucky enough to go to it and I met I stayed in the hostel and I met these lads from Wexford all Tyke Furlong's buddies and um, I remember saying that to him we were just talking at the breakfast I remember saying jeez imagine if Ireland didn't have GA like, you know we'd be the best at rugby and, and soccer but then they were like well imagine if we didn't have rugby and soccer the, the championship would even be better and they're right there like you know and like to be honest with you I wouldn't change it for the world I think it's very unique Irish and like well I, I know the world's getting a lot smaller and it doesn't matter where you're from really whether Ireland or England or whatever but like at the same time it is very uniquely Irish and I, uh, isn't it great every summer being able to go watch Kerry play or Cork play like you know and like when the when say when the rugby or the or the or the soccer soccer isn't on like you know I think it's I wouldn't change it for the world like you know no there's a lot of things I would change in Ireland one, on that I, point I'm not going to bore you I'll say one last one thing right is that we were training last Tuesday out in the sports city with the Sharks right. We never booked a pitch. We forgot to book the pitch. Book the pitch, right? That Queen's fault. Yeah. Well, I don't think it was. <laughs> to be fair. Well, we blame him. But like, basically, so the Gales were playing Jamira Gales. Oh yeah. So like, we couldn't take the pitch. They they had a book. We forgot to book it. In fairness to the GLs, they were like, look, why don't you just use the, the behind the goal and the outskirts, like you know? And we did our and we had a good session, like we did running and all that. And I said to myself, you know something? That's exactly how the way it should be in Ireland like you know like I don't mind the likes of say where I'm from y'all GA y'all GA having their ground and the rugby having their ground and the soccer having their ground but like when it comes to having big multi stadiums these days of the GA just getting big Crow Park but like Crow Park should be yeah but you know yeah but Crow Park should be like that should be the national stadium in my opinion like you know like and the the government have left us down time and time again like with that like you know like they shouldn't be given they shouldn't be giving the rugby money to go off and build Tormund Park, right? And then giving GA Limerick money to build the Gaelic Crowns. That should have been the one stadium, like, yeah. you know? Like, it's it's ridiculous. And they're then they're away from each other, like. Yeah, and then we're giving out that we don't have a good enough health service and we don't have good enough public transport, which of course we don't, like. We're throwing, we're wasting money, like, should Crow Park? It's empty the whole winter. Now, I know the club game was there yesterday, but that's not going to fit it, like, no, you know? That's not even going to probably, you won't even break even, yeah. totally, you know what so I mean? like, it's, it's... Well, you have to change that. Like the last thing I'll say again is that I was in, I was in New Zealand uh, two or three years just before COVID. I got there, and I did the tour of Eden Park, which is the home of rugby, spiritual home of rugby in Auckland, New Zealand. And your man was giving the tour, and he was very good. And he said, um, and we were like, "Where's the rugby goalposts?" And well, your man said, "Well, we're only a population of four and a half million, so this is actually a rugby pitch, cricket pitch, used for concerts and everything." Oh, and there was two other Irish people in the group. And I remember I turned around to him and I threw my eyes up to heaven and I was like, they have the same population as us and they're sharing the stadium instead of us, us clowns having, everyone having their own castle and different stadiums. It's it's ridiculous. Like So now I know the history there between the old 
the whole independence and all that. But hopefully now those days are gone. If the if the rugby or soccer, the GA want money, you can have the money, but you have to share it, lads. You know, yeah, it has to be that way. It, like yeah. you said, then it's uh, it's taking money away from other services yeah. that you know that, that needs to be put into. Uh, just on that point as well, if you again, I touched on it at the start. Do you do you want to see? Or would you? If you were asked, to, would you go for uh, the local council and work the way up? I might, you know, I'd be tempted, like. You know? Would you align yourself to a party, or would you go independent? Oh, I can't be saying that now, like, you know. But would you go independent, or would you go? Oh, I'd, align, I'd align myself to a party because you don't have a hope of going independent. I'd say, and the reason I wouldn't go either, obviously, the abuse you get, but I'd lose the plot, like, you know. I honestly, I've zero patience sometimes, and like we were just talking there off here, like you know when things over here when it comes to making it's just done you yeah. know whereas at home everyone has their say it goes through how many committees the whole lot like you know and like there's no need for that like you know so. is leaving a legacy important to you? Uh, I, that's a great question actually I, I, I'd i say so yeah I, I do I do think so I think it'd be nice to I think it'd be nice to leave something behind or like hopefully one day I would like to have children maybe maybe I want to start get cracking about it like but uh, <laughs> but like I like I'd like to leave something behind for them if I do have children or I'd like to leave I think it's important that you you have only so much time not to sound too philosophical here but you only have so much time in our I think it's I think you should leave something to pass on to the rest even if you don't have children like you know I think you should try and leave it better than the way you got it like, yeah. you know so I like asking my guests this and if you're not going to give me a straight answer I'm going to keep challenging you, right? Right. So I'll what give are a straight <laughs> answer. I'm half a carry man, You'll beat around the bush. Yeah, yeah. What are two daily non-negotiables for daily you? Daily non-negotiables? Jeez, I actually don't think I have any because I'm very laid back like, you know. Well, I mean, I'll give you one, obviously. Obviously, you have to check into my social media obviously in the morning and check my website that's non-negotiable like you know well actually it's, it's happened before we haven't had to do it and other daily things I don't know like that's that's I don't does everyone have a, a every daily thing like I you, would I was going to say you put on one sock before the other but I never really see you wearing socks no <laughs> I uh, there are st- like I the superstitions well like no, I don't really have superstitions like but I, I do some stuff I suppose like or I I'd say weekly things like I'd have to go to the gym once a week or a few times a week like you know or do some sort of exercise like uh, I don't know I like having my porridge I don't have it every morning like you know but I think porridge starts, sets you up for the day brush the teeth obviously I don't do it every day but I do it most of the time and um, um, and what else um, I don't know I don't really have a daily routine like you know I just will you will you, you, you put, touched on there that you um, you check the website you get up no, do you do you touch base with, with people at home or, or do you I'd be on to people at home yeah. I'd be on to them not every day but I'd be on to I'd be on to my auntie once or twice a week I'm not so good with the sister I suppose uh, I'm um, what else um, I'm uh, I'd be on to my buddies at home every now and again yeah and then I'd be on to my whatsapp groups I'd be trolling them or winding them up about something like you know sufficient trolling the lead and what's your point right have you a motto you live by? Uh, I love quotes, yeah. I do like having quotes, like. I don't think there's a motto I have, like, you know. Like, I give you a motto I... What's the one your man said at Kung Fu Panda? I could finish with that. Uh, what you say? Um, 
yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, and today uh, is a gift. That's why it's called the present. There you go. On that note, finishing that. Let's finish it up. Neville, yeah. thanks a million for taking time out to come on the Interview Podcast, and best luck with everything going forward. Jamie, thank you very much. I'll make sure to buy you a pint in McGettigan's one of the evenings, and thank and you. It's a beautiful setting. Yeah. In this fairness. Hopefully, Kerry can make it two in a row, shall we say. That's, that's uh, uh, one point before we wrap it up. I know we, we already said we wrapped it up there, but at that point, who do you think, or what's your feeling on the All-Ireland for the forthcoming year? I'll give you my predictions. For football and sports, Ireland. Right? World, think, World Cup as well. Yeah. I think, uh, unfortunately, Ireland won't. They'll have to play New Zealand or France. I think they'll give it a right good go. I do think, like, remember the last World Cup, they got well beaten by New Zealand, like, you know, but I just think it wasn't right on the day. But I think they'll come very close because I think this Irish team are very determined to try and get to that semi final. But unfortunately, I just think they'll come up just short. Like, you're not good. The French squad is unbelievable, and they're at home, and New Zealand, they're New Zealand. And, but I think, what's, I think what's very conscious in the back of their heads is that they know all the the GA or the soccer lads that don't like the rugby will say oh sure the only one friendly is down in New Zealand like you know so I think they're going to give it everything and I think if they go out to the quarterfinals well so be it then they went out to France and New Zealand with pride but unfortunately they missed their chance how many times against Argentina or Wales in the quarterfinals but unfortunately this time they'll be up against France or they can do it but I don't think they will I think who's going to win the All-Ireland I think Dublin are going to win it like because unfortunately to say it like I think Kerry were very lucky to get over the line like last year. I think we all know that, like you know. But I think but you need a bit of luck too. You do. And I was thinking, we were all thinking that like if Kerry got over the line, more might follow. But like, I don't think Dublin have gone away, like you know. Mm. I just think they won what seven in a row, was it, or was it six in a row? Yeah, six, seven, six. Or six or seven. But like, six I just seven. think they probably just lost the hunger. They were just off one year, like you know. But I think they're going to be back. Like I was listening to. Philly McMahon and on a podcast and now they got the two boys back Philip McCaffrey and Mannion, oh, Jack McCaffrey and, or Jack and, McCaffrey and, and Paul Mannion, Paul Mannion. Yeah. and uh, so I think Dublin are going to be the team to beat and I think in the hurling uh, there's no beating them up like you know like it's, it's, yeah like I think but what's going to be very interesting who's going to get out of Munster in hurling because I think you know like, like what about it, Cork it's I don't know what Cork get out of Munster like you know because when you look at it like how Waterford don't have David Fitz I think mm. Waterford could be dark horses like you know um, what if David Liam Cattle's gone back to tip I, th- I, th- I think Cork Cork, Waterford and Limerick could get out of Munster I think but uh, the last thing I wanted to say to you was uh, one good point to make oh yeah last point I'll make again about the GA because I do like the GA run about who's going to win the All-Ireland not to bore our listeners but I do think run about Limerick will win the All-Ireland and Dublin will it, it it's very wrong in the GA I think that the teams with the most money are winning the All-Irelands like in my opinion I've said this in my own podcast so many times if the likes of JP McManus or a big sponsor now I know he gave money to other counties there a few years ago but if he wants to give his money to Limerick you have to give the money directly to the GA and that money gets filtered down then like you know and then say Limerick get an extra 10% then we'll give Limerick because he wants because he wants to sponsor Limerick but it's not fair that the likes of uh Limerick are going to we'll see Portugal for a training camp and the likes of the Carlo Hurlers are going down to Clannacilty for a training camp like that's like the GA is supposed to be all about the community equal and all that inclusivity and, and all I just that, think yeah. that's wrong I think I, I had Seamus Pendergast on my podcast a few weeks or months ago and he said he was he said they need to dial it back and I think they do I think we blame the likes of Jorlock man who you know that clear team they brought the fitness to a whole other level and I, I just think the GA have to step in there they have to 
they have to relegate the money or what's the word they have to watch the money more it has to be equally spread out and number two I think they have to bring in that you're only allowed so many training sessions a week or that you can't start till February or something like you know I just think it's at the end of the day like these lads are these lads still have jobs like you know it's and a, lot of, a lot of these guys who say in top playing with top clubs in, in each county are they could be playing they could be training five or six nights a week between yeah, the gym yeah. and on the pitch like that's yeah, when you look at David Clifford there like sure we're just talking about it like like he, he's been playing for a full year now like hasn't yeah, he like you know? and last year, no, they'll yeah. give him a break when you all earn club finals over but like that's they'd want to be careful there because they could burn him out like I was listening to Brian Corcoran one of the best hurlers ever played for Cork and when he was playing with he was on when he was under 18 he was on like 10 teams he was on the minor the under 21 the, and he was a very good footballer and a very good hurler so like you know I, just, I think you just need to dial it back and they need to be careful with the money because unfortunately the way you're going to be looking at it and it's gone that way now already there's only going to be a handful of teams that can actually win the All-Ireland and like when you look at the likes of Offaly they used to be a great GA county they stopped you winning the five in a row and they, and they were very good at hurling you know so like they, you know they've faded away because they just they're not they're not big enough and they don't have the same finances and you even see on that point as well that you know it's gone so professional now in a way that it's all it's very much professional caught a spade a spade with the inter-county scene um, you, even see, you even see players stepping away now you, you know do, yeah. and, and taking a year out and coming sure, over Lee Keegan they actually retired and he's only he's only 33 you know like I know it's old enough but like that's not that old like you know and like I mean he's got a lot of miles on the clock but like I think he's got Two children, you know, and he's got and he's got a job, you know. Like it's it's a massive commitment, like like sure, like it's like the likes of David Clifford they are now leech in. They are more or less professional athletes, like you know. Yeah. I know David Clifford works in St Brendan's College in Killarney. The old fellow went there too, but like he, uh, I'd say he, they don't give out to him too much if he doesn't turn up one of the days, like you know. So now maybe I'm being presumptuous there, like you know, but like 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 those lads, like they have to be they, they, all the all the top. Intercounty players now are basically either teachers or guards. You know, jobs with plenty of time off. That's why Jack McCaffrey, he's a doctor. He had to give it up like for a bit, like you know, which is a shame, like you know. They, they're, they're full-time athletes, and they unfortunately some of them then are, are choosing careers around that. You know, and then maybe in ten years' time when they retire, they're they kind of they have the loss of identity and they know what to do. Yeah. Look, Nev, on that yeah, point, yeah, let's no let's wrap it up because I'd uh, we'd stay here talking we for would, ages, we but we might. Um, we might do uh, a live at some stage down the line, yeah. um, seeing as you're out here in Dubai. No, look, finally what I'll say is that uh, I've listened to a good few of your podcasts. They are, they're very good now. I really like them. The one with uh, Colin Parkinson, uh, Tomas O'Shea, was it? And uh, I've listened to one with Barry Murphy and your you man Jono as well from Limerick, from hospital in Limerick, DJ here in McGilligan's. They've been very good and fair play to you. Like, you know, it's... Uh, I, I, I know you kind of had a bit of a setback with the COVID yourself, like you know. But like, the, it's a good thing, and I think you know, keep at it. And thanks, thanks a million for having me in the pod because although I don't like doing these too regularly, I do know they're valuable to do because people will listen to them and they're out there on Spotify to listen to. So thanks a million, and if people like my story, well, happy days. And please, please give the pages a follow. That's it. Definitely, definitely. Look, on that note, thanks a million, Nev, and best look with everything going forward. I'm sure we'll cross paths very soon. No bother. Thanks, Jimmy. That is all from us on this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Neville. We'd ask you to rate, review, and tell your friends and family about the podcast, and be sure to click subscribe on whatever podcast platform you listen to the episodes on. It makes a huge difference. Be sure to follow us also on social media. We're on all social media platforms if you haven't done so already.
Have a lovely week and be sure to tune in again next week when we have another exciting guest. Till then, stay safe and remember, cred on it, Talk to you all soon and thank you all for listening.